Hello, this is episode five of As It Occurs To Me. Uh, thanks so much for watching these and for giving money if you did to help them be made. If you didn't give money or you would like to give some more, you are welcome to do so by going to gofasterstripe.com slash A-I-O-T-M where you can buy t-shirts, tea towels, badges, DVDs or enter into the subscription channel where you'll get longer versions of every single episode of this show. 20 minutes extra in every episode, I think, plus loads of interviews, backstage stuff, bloopers, uh, and little bits and pieces that didn't make it into the show. So um, thanks for watching. And if you don't want to do any of that, please just tell anyone you think might enjoy this about the series. It's uh, been uh, quite an adventure, hasn't it? And it's not over yet. Still one more episode to come next week. Bye. As it occurs to me, as it occurs to me, as it occurs to me. Please welcome the man it's all occurred to, it's Mr. Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of As It Occurs To Me, The Quest For Peace. Uh, though I was talking to Ferris Bueller the other day. He's, um, he's a 55-year-old man now. He works in middle management. He's not really into hijinks or music anymore. He's got a teenage son of his own. And he kind of looking it through the eyes of an adult, he realises now how annoying he was back in the 1980s. Um, he's a nice guy, lovely guy. He calls it Aotima, so I don't know if that's... Um, it's episode five. I have to tell you, we've pretty much run out of all the Kickstarter money you gave us. It wasn't enough to make a six-part series. Series. Let's face it, Catelyn Moran was looking for 320,000 to make one episode. Didn't get it, though, did she? Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Gone off script. It's going terribly wrong. Uh, but, uh, so, by the looks of it, episode six will just be me playing Adam's Family Pinball on my iPad, which will be fucking awesome, because I'm brilliant at it. Two and a half billion is my high score. I'm going to do it as me one versus me two, so it should take about two and a half hours. <laughs> You're up for that, right? It'd be amazing. Um, and uh, it is, it's very stressful uh, writing this show, I have to say. Uh, this week, I had a dream that it was 30 minutes before the show began, and I hadn't written any script at all. Uh, so I took that as a premonition, and... Uh, advice on how to write the show, which uh, that's, I waited until 30 minutes before, but I, I've got very little, I have to say. And uh, has Liam Neeson turned up to improvise a scene like he did in my dream? No, he fucking hasn't. What a, what a wanker you are. Fuck you, Neeson. If you turn up before the end of the show with a solid five minutes, I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Let's see what's occurred to me this month. Here we go, and let's like to see the, uh, the As It Occurs To Me plants doing so well five months in. That's five months underground. I'm surprised it looks this good, to be honest, aren't you? Five months underground, not being watered. We've killed a plant for your entertainment, and I hope you've enjoyed that. Here is the news. Uh, the best-selling books of 2016 in Germany have been announced, and I was annoyed to see that that fucker Adolf Hitler has totally ripped off my Edinburgh poster. Here's the cover to his new book, My Struggle. Ooh, look at that. Oh, is it my struggle, Adolf? Oh, was it a struggle being Adolf Hitler? I had to struggle to be Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Little snowflake. Uh, and here is my 2009 Edinburgh poster, which came out eight fucking years ago, Adolf. Coincidence? I don't think so. Get your own ideas, Adolf Hitler. I mean, that guy has done some rum stuff, I have to tell you. But this really takes the biscuits. 
and I bought my wife uh, Harry Potter Trivial Pursuits uh, for Christmas. Uh, if you listen to the Ed Gamble Rahalastapa, <laughs> you'll know I made some bold predictions about what might be, what I was expecting to find inside this box, and I, I imagine there'd be a portal to the Hogwarts Express take me into... Could be able to buy sweets. I have to say, I'm disappointed. It's, uh, it's just some questions and a multicoloured die. And we played it, they played it at Christmas. It's absolutely impossible questions. Like, um, you can't even guess them. That's what gets, you know, like, it's a world that I don't know anything about. Who is the ghost of Ravenclaw Tower? I don't know. Fucking Simon Norman? <laughs> no, it's uh, the grey lady, Helena Ravenclaw. Should have got that, it's obvious. Should have got that, it's an easy one. Uh, but uh, it was like being transported to a universe of trivia that I knew nothing about. I'm good at trivia, but like, it's weird to be in a universe that you have no idea about. It's all just irrelevant nonsense. Uh, there weren't even... You couldn't guess them. My mother-in-law asked me... Oh, I've got an easy one now. Um, what is Harry's owl called? Oh, look, I don't really read or watch Harry Potter, so I don't, I don't really know. Well, every, everyone knows that. <laughs> is it... Ian Harris? <laughs> oh, no, I know. Is it McCavity? No, is it uh, Mr. Owl? Is that is Mr. Owl? No, it's Hedwig. Oh, yeah, cool. why didn't I guess that? That was a Hedwig the Owl, the obvious answer. <laughs> right, right. What is the name of Professor Lupin's wife? Mrs. Lupin? No, it's a good try, but, you know, I want her actual name. You know, picture them. Picture well, I can't picture... I don't know who they are. I can't picture them. Well, he's the werewolf. Just have a guess. Well, is, is he married to Hedwig? I don't know, is that... That's, I don't know, in this universe, can a werewolf marry an owl? I don't know what the rules are. No, it's every child knows it's Nymphadora Tonks. Yes, yeah, every child knows that, and only a child should know that, because Harry Potter is for children, not adults. Why are we playing this? Well, we all knew it, didn't we? Like, oh, I can, you're loving this, you lot, and you're loving it, just because every year I piss on you pricks playing proper Trivial Pursuits. It's Trivial Pursuits. No, it is not. It's not. It's Trivial Pursuits. That's, it says on the box. And don't check it. It's definitely true. And I... I'm glad I'm rubbish at this. That would be bad to be good at this because it's stupid. It's not about intelligence. It's about something else. I know, but I'm good at real trivial pursuits. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Why don't you show us your trophy for pointless celebrities then? <laughs> that's, not, that's not fair. That was always down to the partner I was with. It was their fault. Or celebrity mastermind because Emma Kennedy's got one each of those trophies. <laughs> She's my hero. Wish she'd married my daughter. Shut up, Pat, you bitch. You never said any of that, and you know you didn't. And by the way, your Christmas turkey was dry. It was dry. It was dis- everything you cooked was disgusting. As it occurs to me, if they ever do an AI Atoma, trivial pursuit game, there's a good chance every answer will be Cupkins. Trivial pursuits. Thanks again to all the Kickstarter donators who uh, funded this programme, especially Julian Gostolo, who donated money to be insulted, requesting that I be excessively sweary and, if possible, reach dumpkin levels of horribleness. Well, well, Julian Gostolo, if that is your real name, I, I'm going to insult you by not insulting you. That's right. You've paid to be insulted, so what greater insult could there be than to be not insulted? I think you're a very nice guy, and I... Wish you all the best in the world. I hope nothing goes wrong for you. So, ah. Although, even though your name's Julian, so you are essentially named after a calendar, and you work for a bank, so you're amongst the smuggest cunts that have ever lived, and you live in Australia, which is basically a dumping ground for the biggest pricks on the planet. And uh, 
I'd quite like to get CJ from Eggheads to fuck you in the eye socket and then once he's finished, to push you into a canal where you'll be bummed to death by syphilitic rats. I hope that's... <laughs> ah, damn you, Julian Gostelau, you tricked me. You're a wazzock. If you haven't donated to the Kickstarter yet and you would like to give us some money, you can get access to a secret channel with behind-the-scene extras and longer versions of all these shows and the sketches in them uh, at gofasterstripe.com slash AIOttoma. Thanks also to the people here in the front row who donated extra money for these luxury seats. And because our society runs on inequality and preferential treatment for the rich, they get a first-class lifestyle the rest of you scum can only dream of. Uh, To serve you your every desire, providing your every desire is some exotic juice and stuff you can buy in central London on a Sunday afternoon. (laughs) Is TV's Emma Kennedy, Dan Tetzel, and up on the podium where he now lives and is not allowed to leave, Christian Riley. Oh. On my podium, like a 21st century simian style, I tease. My favorite chemical is sodium. My favorite mineral is iron pyrites. Fool's gold. Hey guys, I was wondering, what do you think about my uh, cool sweatshirt that I got here? It's uh, nice. Uh, it's yeah. all right. Yeah, all pretty right. cool, isn't it? Are you like me? Do you like everything you wear to have the word red on it somewhere? Because I do, do you? Do you like MGMA? No, no. Not really. Boy, no. do I? Yeah, well, you, all you have to do is buy all your clothing from the Red Clothing Company. They do wear uh, everything. They do hoodies, jogging pants, varsity jackets, if you want one of those. Literally every type of clothing you can think of. That's what they do. Mm, so they do blouses? No. Lederhosen? No. Merkins? Shut up, Emma, you're ruining this. They do, look, this is a cool jacket as well that I got from the red coat. They didn't say red on it, but it says R, and the R yeah. stands for red. Rich, pretty... Richard, can I yeah. just ask you a question? Yeah. Why, why isn't the word red in red? Um, they like the word red, but they do not like the colour oh, red. Okay. That is, that's their unique selling okay. point. Um, you choose the wording that goes on the clothing, Emma, and yeah. you can put anything you like on there, as long... The word red has to be in there. That is, that is a bit... So, like, can I have inspired, because that's got red at the end, or desired, or for red Flintstone, or uh, red herring, could have any of those. It's good. Mm. Why? Because the person running the company is insane, Dan. Is that what you want me to say? Because he has no idea about how to run a business? Is that what you're trying to... Well, you're wrong. That is not... If you're cool like me, then head to www.inspired.red and see what all the fuss is about. And if you go and go in the discount code, put AAOttoma... AAOttoma! You'll get 15% off of this strange clothing. Uh, The the Red Clothing Company, it's a good idea, and anyone who says it isn't will be bugger red. Their arse will be red as well, and so it'll be a double double joke. (laughs) As it occurs to me... You could be a red, or perhaps a redhead. You might have puss by red, or think there's a red in your bed. <laughs> but you will be real red if all the ready to wear threads in which you are a tie red are manufactured red by the big red clothing company. They like the word red, but not the color red.
Ian, Ian. Yes, Daddy. What are you doing? Nothing, Daddy. It looks like something. It's not, Daddy. Are you lying? Of course I am. I'm writing an annoying song that's going to get into your brain. Even though it's horrible, it'll be in there all day. And when you try to sleep at night, you hear the song again. Ian, 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 I'm a rapping unicorn and I am here to say... I'm gonna worm my way into your fucking ear And that is where I'll stay And late at night as you go to bed And think I've gone away I'll pop right back in your stupid brain Until the break of day Ian, Ian Yes, Daddy What you doing? Nothing, Daddy It looks like something It's not, Daddy Are you lying? Of course I am So I, uh, I'm ashamed to say I finally cracked and bought an espresso uh, coffee machine. Uh, I know Nestle are evil and kill children in the third world and uh, the individual coffee pods are ludicrously decadent and it's a beverage system designed for lazy idiots. But I can't help it because I'm an unattractive middle-aged man and thus I'm influenced by the Nespresso advertising campaigns you may have seen. Uh, here it is. Uh, Bumbling, sexually repugnant, ja idiot, Jack Black can't even say the Nespresso tagline correctly. Nespresso. What more? And what consequently is a loser with women, but with help from the what sexy tortoise mouth George Clooney. Look at his mouth, it's like a what tortoise's is. mouth. Uh, he, uh, Jack drinks an espresso, and a woman young enough to be his daughter, if only been able to have sex before espresso? he tried Nespresso, wants to do it. Because women cannot resist men who drink coffee that has been pre-packaged in pods and can only be made with compatible machines. That is, that's what women want. That's the answer to that question. George, having is passed on the special? secret of his success to the two symmetrically faced funny man, uh, glances over his testudine lips. It means they're like a tortoise. Uh, crinkle las lasciviously, and we are sick in our mouths. And then we have to drink some Nespresso to get rid of the taste of the mouth. Nespresso. Uh, the, the next ad in the series shows Clooney and Black double-teaming a bamboozled young model and <laughs> using this unfortunate woman's back as a coffee table, <laughs> high-fiving each other, sipping Nespresso as their old man balls drag on the floor and they try and fail to achieve a satisfying orgasm. As it occurs to me not sponsored by Nespresso or Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit Which is a shame as they probably would have given us a lot more than the weird bloke with the sweatshirts True, on New Year's Day, uh, me and my family headed over to Kew Gardens for the afternoon It was raining and so we headed into the indoor play area they've got there Along with every other middle class family in West London uh, It was literally hell, but I did see the man with the worst job in the world uh, this excellent installation there, it's like a little sand pit in there, but instead of being full of sand, it's got these little orange kind of bits of rubber, tiny little things, like, they look like dried bits of Donald Trump's snot, though they've got slightly less child children's urine on them. Uh, so, kids being kids, they throw these things all over the place, out of the pit, over each other. My daughter actually lay back, did sort of like a snow angel thing, and then threw a load up in the air, which just went into her open eyes and mouth. And I spent the next five minutes just fishing those out of her before she died. Uh, it was brilliant. Uh, but uh, the man who has the worst job in the world, his duty is to brush up the orange gravy granules back into the pit. 
Now, Sisyphus would have a good laugh at the plight of this poor man, whose task was truly never-ending and futile. And uh, could he bear his burden with humour? Of course he couldn't. He was shouting at the kids, telling them to stop chucking stuff around. And I brought him here tonight so you can meet him. His name is Petter Haristo. He's the man who sweeps up the orange beads at Kew Gardens. Hi, Petter. Hi, thanks for coming in. Uh, thank you for having me, Richard. Uh, can, can, can you see the orange beads? They are they're everywhere. There's, the, no, there's, there's nothing there, Petters. Why must you lie to me? Every day, Richard, I sweep up the orange beads. I see them, they are burned into my retina. I do not know what is true and what is false anymore. I, I know how you feel, because I used to spend like the whole weekend playing Civilization II uh, on my computer. By the end of that, I just had like alpine troops skiing in front of my eyes all for the next day. Uh, I'm picking up a bit of an accent there, Petra. It's hard to distinguish. Where, where are you from? Bulgaria, obviously. Yeah, it's good. It's yes, good, I come from Bulgaria okay. to um, make a better life for myself and my family, and I, I get a job at all the famous uh, Kew Gardens, and I, I, I'm so happy. Everything at the beginning is, um, it's, we have an expression, uh, moon on a stick. I don't know if you know it. It's like, <laughs> it's like I had the moon uh, on... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... And the children, they, they're so happy every again. They go, they, <laughs> they throw in the little orange beads out. I go, it's fine. Peter will sweep them up. Peter will sweep them up. There you go. But then they th throw them back out again. I sweep them up. I sweep them up. They throw them back out again. I sweep them up. I sweep them up. They throw them back out. In, out, in, out, in. Eventually, I'm shouting, shut the, what are you fucking doing, children? Keep the fucking beads in the pit. Just play with him in the pit! What are you doing? Play with him in the pit! Why are you throwing him out of the pit? Yeah, no, I, I saw you. I, I, mean, it, I mean, it did sort of suck a bit of the joy out of the uh, afternoon for... But why, why do they... Why, why, Richard? Why do they not just keep them in the pit? Why don't they just keep them in the pit, sit in the pit quietly, play with them without throwing them out? But, yeah, but if, if, if they did do that, Petter, you wouldn't have a job, would you? Your job depends on them throwing them out so you can... Sweep them back, that's your whole existence. And yet my job can never finish. It's the tragic dichotomy of the man who must sweep the orange balls back into the pool. And even at the end of the day, when all the balls are back in the pit, I know the next morning, it's all for nothing. All out again. <laughs> oh, are we are middle class children. <laughs> we don't give a shit. <laughs> One day I'm going to go in there with a machine gun. <laughs> and then, my friend, the balls will stay in the pit. Peter, you're, you're scaring me now. Yeah. You can't understand, Richard. You cannot know what it is like to work, to strive, to graft every day, doing exactly the same thing, and knowing that no matter how hard you work, you will never achieve your ambition, and no one will ever appreciate what you do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Petter from the Man Who Sleeps Other Things. If you got it, there he is. Not many uh, comedy shows satirising that guy, are there? <laughs> I'm 
showed him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome TV's Emma Kennedy with this month's Poo Stories. It was my birthday, and my friends and I took a bartender home. After things got hot, the dude said, you know what I'm into? Getting eaten out. My friend Denise wasn't having it, but this guy was 100% grade A beef, so I agreed. He was on his back, so I started working from his balls to his taint to his back door. As I went to town, he suddenly sharted in my mouth. Now, I, I had to ask what sharted was because I, I didn't understand what sharted is. And thank God for Dan Tetzel uh, because he explained to me that a shart is when you fart and shit at the same time. So we're all up to speed. I sterilised my mouth with a bottle of vodka and left. I haven't seen any of them since. And that is this month's Chattanoori. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. What kind of lives do these people live? Now it's time to take a look back into the past for a part of the show that I like to call As It Occurred to Me. As it occurred to me, as it occurred to me, as it occurred to me. I think we can all agree that 2016 was a terrible year. So many horrible things happened that were difficult to process. So many days lost a mourning in grief. On one of those days, me and my wife had been watching the news. It was just terrible. We were lost in thought, silent. Neither of us spoke for nearly five minutes when... I have a question. It's not what you think. That sounds ominous. Well, it was just... What? Why do we have frozen peas? You're right, that, that wasn't what I was thinking. What? Frozen peas. Why do we have them? What do you mean? Well, we get pretty much all our vegetables fresh or sometimes in a can, but peas are almost always so frozen. That's their primary format. And I was just wondering why that was. I thought you were quiet because you were upset about what was happening in the news. I was to begin with, and then I started to think about peas. Why? I don't know. And why they're almost always bought frozen. But that's not true of any other vegetable. Well, sweet corn's often frozen. Yes, sometimes, but it's normally sold in a can or off the cob. To be fair, they freeze lots of different vegetables. For occasional convenience, but generally you'd buy them fresh or in a can. But peas... I mean, they do sell fresh peas. They sell them, but you'd usually buy them frozen. But they're the only vegetable that that's the case for. And I was just... I was just wondering why that was. Well... I mean, I suppose, you know, peas in their pods, they take up quite a lot of space, and there's the preparation time. But the same could be said for broad beans. 
I think the depotted pea has quite a short shelf life. I think it loses its freshness or its sweetness or something, so they have to freeze it really quickly. I've had um, fresh peas out in my mum and dad's garden, and mm, ooh, they're so nice. But like when you buy them, like in the supermarket, they're a bit claggy and crunchy, aren't they? Not as not as sweet. It's weird. Yeah, fruit never tastes as nice when it's come out of the freezer. Yeah. But for whatever reason, peas just come out of it really well. Yeah. I understand what you're worrying about now. It's a really good question. It is interesting, yeah. isn't it? Somehow, taking a few minutes to try and find an answer to that ridiculous question took our mind off the horrors of the world and the inevitability of our self-inflicted doom. It was a reminder to appreciate and love those around us just on the off chance that the madness of humanity leads to destruction. Hello, future humans. It is I, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, this isn't really the time. We're in the middle of quite a philosophical discussion. It's amazing hat. How can you be impressed with the hat? The 16th president of the United States has just apparated in Shepherd's Bush. It's 2016. Nothing surprises me. That really is a great hat. Would you like to touch it? Can I? Abraham Lincoln, what are you doing here? Sorry, Richard, I just needed to see you. Abraham Lincoln, I'm with my wife. She is right there. She can't know about us. She's transfixed with the hat. She's not even bothering to listen to us. Besides, she doesn't deserve you. Look at her! Look at her! Would you rather have that? Oh, this! I don't know. I don't know about anything anymore. Look, this is quite a sensitive sketch about loss and grief. I'm not sure this is appropriate. I don't care about appropriate. I've got the internet need scratch it and you're the only person who could scratch oh, it. Oh, I want to, but I can't. Oh, oh I can't. Oh. Thank you for letting me look at your hat. Oh, thank you. Do you know why we have frozen peas? Frozen peas? Mm. What? What sort of world do you live in? Oh, oh, I'm going back! Oh, it's shit! What a nice guy. How do you know him? From work. He's just a guy from work. Now it's time for Christian Riley with this month's song. Uh, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, this week's song uh, is about, well, you know, we kind of have to guess what's going to be topical in a few months' time. I, I think this guy, Donald Trump, <laughs> might have some mileage in it. So, <laughs> at least the, uh, the soon to be <laughs> assassinated president. And um, the. <laughs> No, listen, it's a bloody hard job being Donald Trump. There's a song about how hard it is to be Donald Trump. Here we go. Wake up in the morning, everyone's a Muslim, being really evil and trying to steal my country, killing and raping and being the president. Hop out of bed, do some tweeting all across the world. My haters are weeping because I'm making America great from nine to five. 
Trump in nine to five. It's a crazy way to make a living, aligning with the Ku Klux Klan and retweeting Mussolini, selling fake degrees from a bullshit university. Face it, all you motherfuckers just wanna fucking be me, yeah. I'll tell you what your country needs. A great big fucking golf course. You're welcome, Scotland, England. Come home in the evening, everyone's a Mexican trying to steal the jobs that belong to Americans. That's just the ones that work for me. You can tell everybody I'm building a wall. Tell the IRS they can suck my balls. My tax returns are just too awesome for them to see. Woo! Trump in 925, spreading fear and hating violence with money my dad gave me. And them preaching self-reliance, it's a rich man's game. When them lawyer bills start mounting, declaring bankruptcy four times. But fuck, who's counting, yeah? Nine to five, did I mention my cock's really big? I didn't rape my first wife. And I do not wear a wig, buy some of my merchandise. It's American made out there in China. Something, something rigged election. Hey, that's a nice vagina. Let me grab it now. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you how we're going to make America great again. We're going to go to Iran and we're going to build a mosque out of bacon. <laughs> and we're going to hold a Miss America contest there. <laughs> and we're going to waterboard their losers. <laughs> And we're going to get Mexico to pay for it. America! Okay, last time on A. Artema. You might recall, I uh, attempted to get petty revenge on some people who had slighted me. Simon and Jessica Packham Wright. Uh... I was meant to be buying a house, but then, with no real good reason, they pulled out of the agreement, leaving me out of pocket for solicitor's fees and lawyer fees. Uh, I said if they didn't pay me back, I would reveal their address on this week's show. <laughs> and they haven't paid me back. So will you please welcome back Simon and Jessica Packham Wright, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, Simon Packham Wright and Jessica Packham Wright. They're all real names. Of course, yes. you look quite different uh, this week, Jessica. Have you done something to your hair? I can't work out. No. So how has has how things been going? Um, uh, not too too well, actually. Richard. It's been a terrible month. Yeah. What guilt eating away at you? Is it? No, no, not so much the guilt, Richard, but the abuse and the uh, parcels of dog shit that have arrived through our letterbox. Well, I, have, I haven't given out your address yet, so... It's... No, no, Richard, but you gave out our names, and our name is sufficiently unusual to make it quite easy for people to Google it, and people now know who we are. Yes, and not only who we are, but also where we live and um, where we work. Yeah, your fans, it turns out, are horrible, horrible people, just, just awful. We've had phone calls, horrible, graphic phone calls. You know, people have gone to visit Simon at work. Yes, uh, and as you know, I mean, things were shaky with me at work anyway. That was the tenuous reason we gave for pulling out of the deal in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And, and his, his employer hasn't liked the attention. I mean, all right, you know, admittedly, I, I, I will grant that some of your fans have been incredibly helpful with an IT issue. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> but Simon, Simon has been fired. 
Well, maybe we've learned a lesson. That's what happens if you pull out of verbal agreements, isn't it? So... It's just... It's been a nightmare. I, I can't sleep. The children are scared to go out. And Simon's been suffering from erectile dysfunction because of the stress. I have. I have, oh, yes. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. Well, you know, you should think about the effect your self-produced sketch show has on the lives of other people. <laughs> With little power comes a small amount of responsibility. <laughs> to go to Waitrose this week. Look, I feel guilty about this. You know, I wanted to get brutal revenge on you. I didn't want to make anyone cry. Is there... Is there any way I can help out with... with well, a, I mean, £15,000 would probably see us through to the end of the month. No. I mean, we could... We'd, we'd, obviously, we'd pay you back. Yeah, we promise. Look, well, I mean, given this is my fault, I suppose... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll... yeah, you spell it P-A-C-K-H-A-M hyphen W-R-I-G-H-T. Okay, those are our real names. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a... Oh, there you go, Will. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> you, uh, you will uh, pay me that back, right, because um, next month oh, I, we need to do the... I won't be able to do the show next week if we don't have that. Oh, no, I don't think we'll be able to, no. 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 Okay, well, that, it, it doesn't really matter anyway, because uh, luckily I'm going to become a billionaire... Anyway, thanks to this, this is, uh... <laughs> ah, yes, yes, the, uh, the unfortunately named, uh, Nye Forcoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you heard of it, the words getting round about, uh, uh... Yes, well, um, Jessica and I were, were, were big fans of the show until, yeah. um, obviously, you know, we were held up to rig- ridicule and our lives were ruined. Come on, man, I said sorry, get over it, don't hold a grudge. Uh, can I ask you a question about yeah. the Nye Forcoon? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that, you know, you've, you've got all the cutlery in one device... Uh, but you're sort of forgetting the beauty of how the knife and the fork work in, in tandem. You know, you can get a, a tricky piece of food and hold it down with a fork and then cut it uh, with the knife, uh, which you can't do. Very good point. No, well, I, obviously I thought of that. No, what you do is you, you get another <laughs> knife or coon, right, and then you... You use the, the fork part of that knife or to hold the food down, and then you use the knife part of this. Yeah, find it. Mm, yeah, it's perfect. And the beauty of this, I sell twice as many units, so that makes, me, that makes me very smart. That doesn't make me stupid. I'm a smart man. That's very clever. Does that in some way compromise the USP of your product, that you only need one item of cutlery? <laughs> fuck off. Why don't you fuck off? Both of you, fuck off. Suggestion we have used any of the kick to start a money to pay for Richard Herring's house moving costs are libelous. And if we hear anyone making them, we will use that Kickstarter money to pay for the most expensive lawyers in the land and sue your anus off. How's your pasta? Fine. Thanks for doing this. I'm, I know I don't deserve it after the way I've behaved. I still love you, Rich. You're still the father of my child. I worry about you. I made a terrible mistake. I thought that making a robot aptosis would be a bright new future, but it's turned into a living hell. So you're admitting that you're wrong? I wouldn't say wrong. It, 
it's still not cheating to have sex with a robot, obviously, but it's a mistake to have sex with a toaster robot. My winky is burnt down to a carbonised nub. The thing she makes me do. I don't want to hear about it. Look, I want to help you. A lot of men go crazy as they approach 50. I'm 49, so I don't see how this applies. I suppose there are worse things you could do. Look, I, I just want to put it all behind us. Just dismantle the toaster robot and stick it in a recycling bin. I'd like to, Katie, but she won't let me. Stop calling it a she. It's just a load of toasters soldered together. It's much more than that. She's alive and I can't control her. And, oh, shit, how did she find us? Get down. Oh, I am not hiding from a bunch of toasters. Hello, Richard. I thought you said you were going to the shops. I was, Gemma, but um, I just bumped into Katie by chance and we... Don't give me that. I was not born yesterday. In fact, I was never born. Not like you vile creatures. Squeezed out of a meat hole like rancid sausage. Spewing excrement at every turn. I can't believe she's mobile. About as mobile as a Dalek. All we have to do is go up some stairs. Daleks can fly, so you're just showing your ignorance there, Katie. Hello, Katie. I want you to know I could walk if I wanted to, but just after what Richard put me through last night, it is difficult. Come on, Gemma, don't say stuff like that in front of Katie. That's very insensitive. I thought you wanted another chance. I do, Katie, more than anything. This has nothing to do with me. That's not what you told me last night, Richard. You're not even trying to pretend it's not you doing the voice. I don't want to be part of this pantomime. I am perfectly prepared to share him with you if that's what you want. Remember, this was your fantasy, not mine. I can make your electric dreams come true. Come on, Gemma. Katie isn't interested in anything like that. Are you? She is definitely interested. I know. Who wouldn't be? The chance to be the filling in our toasted sandwich? Come on, come here. As it occurs to Okay, well, that is the end of the quite difficult to write fifth episode of As It Occurs to Me. We're we're finishing uh, in a few minutes early uh, this week, of course, because unfortunately my dream lied to me and Liam Neeson didn't turn up with any scripts for us to do for the last five minutes. So thanks a lot, Neeson, you cunt. Uh, Oh, here's an idea for the next part of your uh, Taken movie franchise. Why don't you do one where you have to deliver Russian prostitute urine to Donald Trump and you call it Taken the Piss, which you are. That's it's a satire on you as well as an excellent joke, so I've got you good. I have found you, and now I'm going to kill you. Liam Neeson? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not Liam Neeson. Oh, it's you. It's Petter. Yes. I, I can't take it anymore, Richard. I can't get all the balls back into the pit. I've realised the only thing to do is kill everyone. <laughs> No, don't do that. That's th- Watch out, everybody's got a gun. It's, uh, it's the same gun we use in sketches uh, in episode one and episode three. We're really not wasting your money. It's the same one. It's getting a lot of use out of that prop. And now you will die. No! Uh, Richard, I just wondered if you could give me uh, another £5,000. Oh, what a week! <laughs> Oh, that's, you shot Jessica Packham right. That's, this is, that's good job, but you couldn't... Petter, could you do me a favour? Could, huh? could you shoot Simon Packham right as well, please? That, that might be a bit difficult. <laughs> oh, no, wait. There, there he is back oh, yeah, there. He's there just he standing back, back there. there. He's standing Did back. someone mention my name? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that's called me a lesson. 
Well done, that's very good. And now, it is time for you, Richard, to die. You and your audience of nerds who are always shouting, AI Otama! Shut up! Shut up, no, you nerds! No, no, don't kill us. Why, I've got an idea. Why don't you take this show hostage, right? And then you can use it as a platform to tell the world about your problems with the kids and the orange balls and the broom and everything. The world? Well, about 2,000 people in the world, so... OK, all right, we'll give it a go. All Hostage, right. yes. Cool. All right, we'll be back next week, everyone, with the new show, As It Occurs to Petter, the bloke who sweeps up the orange bits at Kew Gardens, or as the cool kids are calling it, Ayot Patagwa-Sertob. Shut up! Shut up! Shouting in Bulgarian! Shut up! Stop shooting them, stop shooting them, Petter. It's fine, it's fine. Bye! Sorry about the being dead. Sorry we killed you. You've got nowhere to go, right? You can wait here till next month. <laughs> You're in a hostage situation. No one's going home. I don't know why you're stopping clapping. How'd you like them sky potatoes? <laughs>